You're listening to Faith-Based Mental Health, a weekly podcast designed to bridge the gap between spirituality and psychology. Welcome to Faith-Based Mental Health. I am your host, Colt Wagner, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Ron. How are you, Dr. Ron? You know what? My sins have been paid off. The old man is laid off. I won't take a trade-off or go to jail like Bernie Madoff. You know what I mean? I'm good. I I kind of maybe know what you mean. Um, About the sins being paid off, I definitely know what you mean. Uh, And I'm going to have to learn to to rap or do some sort of little jingle or else the listeners are going to be like, man, Colts really needs to catch up with Dr. Ron. So I'm going to figure this out. Throw down, brother. Throw down. Yeah, yeah, not today. That's going to be another day because that's going to be, you know, pre-thought about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't just spit fire like you, you know, it's it's not, yeah. Um, But so, so today we want to uh, continue our conversation about fighting fair. And, and this will probably be the last uh, conversation we have about fighting fair. The topic may come up in the, again in the future, but uh, for now, we really want to get to some ground rules about fighting fair. And it, I, I feel like in order for a couple to fight fair and to fight in such a way that's productive, um, because you can't, like we've talked about, you can't not fight. That's not going to be possible for any couple. Um, and if that is the case, that's actually probably a bad thing, like you said. So what kind of ground rules does a couple need to have in order to successfully fight fair? Well, it is important to have ground rules. You know, I watched the UFC and without rules, it would just be barbary. And so <laughs> the rules make it a sport, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it's here's the bottom line. The bottom line is I need to have the emotional security to be able to have an opinion that's different than yours, to be able to defend my opinion and still feel safe. You know, to not feel as if you're going to abandon me for being a unique person. And so in order to do that, we have to have ground rules. You know, there are certain people who suggest that you can fight about anything you want as a couple, as long as immediately prior to fighting, you take off all of your clothes. I, I think I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine and Danny until you get in a fight in the mall. <laughs> 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 that that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't suggest that because then you'll be fighting about something totally different. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you'll be looking through bars as you fight with one another. But there is something to to be said uh, about being vulnerable, being exposed, and you know the act of actually taking through your clothes, taking off your clothes rather, and looking at each other and realizing the ridiculousness. Uh, of what's taking place. So a lot of how to fight fair is really about safety. In the future episodes, we'll talk about communication skills that kind of, if you put the communication skills in play, you will automatically be fighting fair. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you can't reflective listen and still raise your voice. It, not very well. Right. You know, uh, so we'll talk about how to do that in, in a minute. But right now, the whole piece about fighting fair is what is safety for you? Um, 
I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that particular thing or any experience with that cult where maybe some people have been in situations where it just wasn't safe. Yeah, I think um so far I'm I'm just thinking of my experience in, you know, my marriage nearly 5 years, so not not all that long actually by the time this uh produces probably 5 years. Uh so for for Juliet and I to fight fair, to, to feel safety in the argument, um, I think both of us needs to know, number one, that neither one of us is going to literally walk out the door in anger and, you know, and, and just not communicate because she, you know, she is Colombian, so you never know, you know, crazy things can happen. Uh, no, no, she's, she's great. But you need to know that that's not going to happen because, for instance, let's say I thought that she might do that, literally walk out the door. Uh, there might be something I want to bring up that's an issue, but I won't because I'm too afraid of the loss uh, of, you know, when is she going to come back or, and I'm not saying that that's happened, but if it would, you know, that's a thing that, that you need to know is not going to happen. Um, you need to know that, and I'll, you know, I, she needs to know that for instance, uh, she can bring something up that's an issue and I won't just start throwing everything in her face like the mistakes she's been making since she was 15, you know, because then it's like, well, geez, okay, never mind. I'll just let it go. Um, and if she keeps letting things go because she's afraid to have these arguments, well, then we'll never be able to resolve anything. That's that's kind of where my mind goes with that. Yeah, and that makes total sense. And without these rules, chaos reigns. I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, there were several years ago um, we were, you were over at my house and we were just having a, a routine day and some, a spouse showed up and it was obvious that she had been beaten by her husband. Her face was black and blue. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember us driving <laughs> and having a conversation with the husband about why that's inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this conversation, um. Yeah, I, I remember it taking place. I don't. I don't remember all the details though. So don't start asking me the details. You oh, have to. Oh, I won't. I won't. I. Yeah. I hope that that's a, a day that. I. I don't remember fondly, except mm-hmm. I feel like we were able to intervene, and I also kind of feel like if, if that couple had access to this type of information, mm-hmm. that the outcome could have been different. You know. And Absolutely. so, so there's a couple of tools, you know, that I'd like to put in the listener's tool bag about fighting fair. The first is the idea of knowing when to take a timeout. Mm. Uh, in the UFC, it, if you gouge someone in the eye with your thumb, uh, there's a timeout period <laughs> for the person to recover. Hopefully that's not happening in, in marriage. No eye gouging for sure. But for any listener that doesn't know, and I'm sure you're about to go there, but what what is a timeout in in a marriage in a in a conflict? Yeah, so generally speaking, the person who needs the timeout takes the timeout, and a timeout is if the next words out of my mouth or the next actions that I'm about to perform will escalate rather than de-escalate the situation, then I need a timeout. And how we go about uh, calling the timeout is that before. 
before we get into a fight, we need to agree to some basic considerations about a timeout. And the timeout will give you the space, physical space, and more importantly, emotional space to have a hard reset and to think about what's going on. That's kind of the gist of it. You want to know what the rules are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Here's the rules of the timeout in order to make it most effective. Number one, the person who needs the timeout takes the timeout. I remember teaching this to a couple years ago, and we were talking about the timeout principle, and they came back the next week, and and the guy said, you know, Chaplin, I tried the timeout principle, and you are right. Uh, It works. We were getting to a fight, and I told my wife, hey, you're in timeout. Go sit in the corner. <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, I don't think you understand. <laughs> I think what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> you know, okay. Number one, the person who needs it takes it. You don't put someone in it. That's an escalating. That's a, them are fight. Them are fighting words, mm-hmm. you know? So if I need a timeout because the next words out of my mouth are going to escalate the situation or the next gesture, you know, can I, I can escalate the situation with a look, you know, right. <laughs> or, or, or a bald fist, you know, but if the next words or actions are, are going to escalate, then I need a timeout. So that's the number one rule. A person who needs it takes it just like in football, you know, just like right. in fighting, UFC fighting, you got your eye poked, you need a timeout. And- any sport. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the second rule is the person who called a timeout must call time in. Mm. You know, if I gouged you in the eye in the UFC, <laughs> I don't get to say when you're fully recovered. <laughs> you right. do. Right. Yeah. You get five minutes to figure it out at the UFC. And if you can't, if you can't see after five minutes, well, then it's a medical call on the fight. Uh, But if you can see after two minutes, then you're allowed to call time in ahead of the five-minute schedule. And why Mm -hmm. this is important is because the dynamic of couples is often such that one person is what we call a natural pursuer and the other person is a natural withdrawler. And oftentimes, the pursuer will feel neglected and abandoned uh, by the withdrawler such that they create a blocking mechanism when they're in a fight because the issue is important to them. And they'll, they will stand in their way, in the way of a doorway. They will fall, literally follow them around the house. And, you know, it sounds crazy to say on a microphone, but when you're in the middle of it, you can just see this mental image. They're following, following across, and the other person feels trapped. And, and like when you put a, a wild animal in a corner, they often come out with claws in order to feel untrapped. But if we can agree at the offset, at the beginning of the timeout, that the person who called the timeout will, when appropriate, call a time in, then the pursuer will be more likely to let that person go and do whatever they need to do to calm down. So it sounds like, though, in, in this scenario, you know, where the pursuer is kind of following around the withdrawer, trying to have this conversation, we're going to have this conversation type thing, that they probably in that moment don't have a ton of patience for a timeout or, or whatever the case may be. And so how can they know for sure that, okay, we are still going to have this conversation 
you know, they're not just going to try to forget about it. Yeah, there has to be assurances. This this requires a level of trust. And, you know, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Trust is reliable patterns of behavior demonstrated consistently over a period of time. So if the withdrawaler fails to abide by the rules of the timeout, really, only it only takes is one then it sows a seed of doubt within the mind of the pursuer and they're less likely to withhold and uh to, excuse me to uphold the rules of the timeout so so the person who needs it takes it and the person who calls timeout has to call time in and you know for instance football you get like some 30 second timeouts i think you get a 60 second timeout um What's the recommended time or how does that work or does it just vary that, that you would call a timeout for? I'm assuming it's longer than 30 seconds. Yeah, I remember there was a season where it seemed like, and I don't want to isolate any of our listeners, but it seemed like the uh, Cleveland Browns called timeout for the entire season. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know you, you guys remember that season. It was like, was what, that, fif, they, they lost 15, they won one. It's like they Was the that whole, one season or was that like eight of the last 10 seasons? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There might be some Cleveland listeners uh, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We love you guys too. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, y'all remember though. I mean, the struggle is real, right? Uh, so yeah, obviously you can't take a timeout for the entire length of, you know, your UFC career, but some couples do. There are some Mm. couples who have been having the same fight for a decade and they haven't resolved it yet. And they haven't really called time in. They just kind of skirt around the edges. So Mm. how, how long it needs to be a reasonable amount of time. And here's how I define what a reasonable amount of time is. The amount of time it takes for you to calm down. And not be so mm. angry. Um, and it's really important what you do during that timeout. The de-escalation techniques. Mm-hmm. And I use an acronym called WHAM. What should you do during the timeout? Well, you should WHAM. Uh, this is not in any book anywhere. You, you, hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to write this down because you're not going to read about it anywhere. Uh, I'm in the uh, Army, so I like to make up. Uh, acronyms and <laughs> wham stands for why am i mad and good. if the answer is anything external to yourself then you haven't dug deep enough so we've talked about anger being a masking agent for a deeper emotion so during the timeout, that's when you want to have that internal conversation to see what emotion am i covering up with anger so so what you're saying is this is a purposeful time, right? I can't just, you know, fight with my wife and call a timeout and, and go watch a movie or play video games or like that that doesn't that's not how this works. Yeah, or do something that is gonna enrage your wife. You know, whatever, well, whatever either one of is. those in that moment probably would enrage my wife. So yeah, yeah, yeah especially <laughs> video games. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are some people who use nicotine as a way of calming down, but their mm. spouse hates the idea and they're like, I need a timeout. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Well, you just escalated it a little more. Yeah. Maybe, what you, maybe what you need to do is take a walk around the park, you know, take some deep right. breaths, listen to some of the uh, downloaded materials on how to have a guided meditation available on serenitycarecounseling.com. You, you know, go. you know, do some self-care, some self-reflection, 
Uh, and then that kind of leads to the fourth rule too, mm-hmm. which is really important. So the first is the first person who needs it takes it. The second is the person who takes it calls time in. The, mm-hmm. the third is it must be a reasonable amount of time. And, and then finally, no ghosting. Mm-hmm. You, know what, you know what I mean by ghosting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's tip. My mind goes to, you know, I text you and you don't text me back. Like, I think that's ghosting. I don't know. I think that's what a 13 year old would call ghosting. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Called. I, I've got a, uh, a 14 year old. They call it leaving me unread. I, I don't know what that totally means. <laughs> you know what that is? I don't know. What yeah. That is. I mean, because like, mean? On, you know, I know you guys are on, on team iPhone. It'll show you if it's read or not. And so it's like, if you don't, technically open the message then you left it unread unread Um, or or is it worse if you read it and didn't reply oh yeah is that what they mean on read or unread yeah if so if you i don't i'm not sure what you know he means by that but if you read it and don't reply that's that's definitely worse especially if it's a message that you know you should reply to oh yeah that's, that's way worse all right we're gonna need some assistance on this if if you're younger than us And you know what yeah. uh, left on is it unread or on read? We don't know. Leave a comment, send us an email. We gotta find this stuff out. Uh, yep, anyway, yep. that's a part of the ghosting. It's like when I'm gonna walk out and I'm not gonna tell you where I'm going and I'm not gonna tell you how long. And mm. at the worst case, and I've seen this in my counseling practice, people who are gone overnight. Uh yeah. Yeah. You know, and then the spouse is left home if they care about you. They're obviously worried and some people intentionally don't communicate because they want to hurt their spouse because they're fighting and they want their spouse to be worried and upset and concerned so they leave them either on or on red (laughs) and they (laughs) and they ghost so reasonable amount of time no ghosting and then remember to always come back re-engage the conversation And this is how we create a safe place in the home to fight fair. This is rule number one. For me, this is like non-negotiable. It's Mm -hmm. like uh, paying your taxes, the inevitability of death, and the cowboys choking in in the fall. (laughs) (laughs) These are three things you can set your clock to. And so uh, the fourth is... The necessity of being able to take a time out in order to create a safe space within your home. Critical. Critical. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and you mentioned, well, well, two things I want to comment on. One, Dr. Ron's a Cowboys fan, so I guess as a Cowboys fan, you, you can say that, and, and yet you remain a, a faithful Cowboys fan. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, kudos to you, I guess. The struggle Patience. is real. Yeah. 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 Uh, and two, which is more relevant, perhaps, um, you mentioned ghosting on the level of walk out, leave, gone overnight, don't say anything. Um, and I just want to throw this out there to the listeners. If, if you or your spouse, if that's something that you're struggling with ghosting on that kind of a level, um, again, you, it, it would be good to check out serenitycarecounseling.com because you, it maybe would be a good time to talk to someone about that, uh, and, and seek some good help on that and keep listening, uh, for more tools for your toolbox. Yeah. And we've got life coaches, we've got therapists, we've got a whole bevy of tools to, to help you in that. And, 
Maybe maybe you're not ready. Maybe there's something about therapy that scares you. Well, that's fine. You can talk to a life coach who's not a clinical therapist, but he, someone who's been through life. Uh, and if you're not ready for that, you can at least read a book, you know. Uh, and if you're not ready for that, you can at least read a blog post and start the conversation of what it means to have a healthy relationship where you fight fair and you have secure bonds of attachment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would say that's kind of, you know, for me, that's definitely my goal is that through through this podcast, through uh, serenitycarecounseling.com, uh, that whether someone needs to start small on the level of, okay, I'm not ready for any of that stuff, but I can read a a blog post that takes me two minutes that we would meet people where they're at and, and give them an opportunity to, to begin getting help uh, that they need. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Dr. Ron, this has been a great conversation and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope the listeners are as well. Uh, but for today, I think it's about time for us to get going before we do any final thoughts on, on this timeout or fighting fair. No, just remember the the struggle is real out there and safety is paramount. Uh, there's really nothing that is so important that you can't probably sleep on it, you know, and come back to it. Ephesians says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Uh, that's fine and dandy. Some people get into fights uh, at midnight, so maybe you should go to bed, you know. Um, try, we try not to go to bed angry, but at the same time, there's nothing so critical in the moment that we can't take a time out, uh, when we need to. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. Ron. And again, if, if you're listening and you're, you're curious to, to hear or learn more, do check out serenitycarecounseling.com, which will of course be in the show notes. Uh, and also check out our other episodes. It's good to talk to you today, Dr. Ron, and we'll see you next time. Peace.